welcome to BA Brew. I'm Lisa. Hi, I'm Sushma. And I'm Kate. Uh, today, uh, Sushma is joining us uh, to talk, talk all about um, customer-centric change. Um, so Sushma and I worked together uh, many moons ago, and she's got a, a raft of experience in customer change. And I think nowadays, well, actually in change management generally, Sushma, haven't you? Yeah. Um, but I think uh, you, you particularly want to talk about sort of um, the, the customer-centric part of that and how now we tend to focus on um, mm. different perspectives in, in the change process. Um, how, how would you... Just for sort of for the viewers, how would you define customer-centric change? I mean, customer-centric has been there for quite some time, actually. So what does what does customer-centric mean? Is you're putting your customer at the heart of whatever you do, right from beginning of, you know, you start engaging from customer till you pro provide the service to the customer. So where everything revolves around customer. So end of the day, if you don't have customer, you don't have business. So it's quite crucial to put customers in the center. So just to see how each and every service, what you provide to the customer, whether it's adding value to them, having that kind of open conversation with customer makes it better. So especially after pandemic, uh, most of the organization don't want to lose their customers. And most of the customers are now looking for different change, maybe to look into the any competitive things out there. So it's good idea to retain your customer so that you're not spending money in going and finding a new customer. Yeah, no, absolutely. This is a lot of benefits, isn't there? You know, it especially is, like yeah. saying, mm. you retain customers rather than trying, you know, putting money yeah. into finding new ones. It makes a lot of sense. For example, so, sorry, for example, I think when you uh, see bigger companies like Apple, Google, or, you know, uh, Amazon, they all are so good in managing their customer. The way they kind of operate, it's so much customer centric. I think that's kind of opening eyes to the rest of the other organizations as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think as business analysts as well, it's. I think we're, we're nowadays we're more used to actually looking at things from a customer perspective. Things mm. like customer journey mapping, for example, looking yeah. at the positive and negative experiences, the, the satisfiers or the delighters, which I think mm -hmm. people prefer, don't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's definitely it's definitely changed, hasn't it? It um, is. Yeah. Kate's joined us today, um, actually, because, we're, well, since we've actually, um, we're just launching now uh, a lovely piece of apprenticeship management software called Bud. Um, so Kate's been rolling out the whole process uh, along with Nicole and various other people um, in Assist. So I thought it'd be a really good idea to bring Kate into this discussion because she's literally going through that sort of change transformation at the moment. So how, how do you think it's going, Kate? Well, I think it's really interesting what you're saying about putting the customer at the heart of everything you're doing, because I think one of the, the balances that we've had to really um, consider as part of the, the project and particularly the rollout is that we have multiple customers with very mm. different needs. So it's actually about really understanding all of those perspectives and then identifying, well, what's, what are the key things for each of those different customers and how do we balance that? And how do we balance that then also with some of our compliance and governance um, regulations you know, that we have to apply to? So how can we really still say that we are putting the customer at the heart of everything that we're doing and really delighting them when actually they've got such a broad range of needs? Yes, definitely, Kate. I think that's a very good point. I think most of the organization have multiple customers. And how do you kind of uh, emphasize on whom you're going to focus? Rather than that, you kind of map all your customers and say, you know, who are your key customers? And also understand the journey they've been. For example, if you have a long-lasting customer compared to the new customer. So again, to see whatever you're offering, how it's going to impact them. So maybe if your service is impacting everybody in one stage, that's good. But some customer may benefit better than the other 
customer but uh, you know having that open conversation about why you're doing or what kind of things coming in terms of your services and trying to explain them you know and also understanding their needs I think that's very important what worked for them what didn't work so things didn't work but being honest and open and saying that you know we're planning to get there so maybe have that in your roadmap so that you can include that for the next customer benefit as well and sometimes I think you know uh, we have to take some of the decision because of the organization challenges or the climatic condition where with pandemic things change so having that open conversation and saying like you know for example I think when we were working in one of the organization we bought a new system though the older system was much better than the new one so people started pushing why is this so we had to kind of explain to them you know we understand where we are going but because we have to do some cost cutting otherwise we couldn't be sustainable so explaining that and then saying that you know whatever your new functionality you want maybe we can include them in the future releases so that we're not forgotten about them so having yeah. that clear conversation and especially customer centric it's not just the customer executive sitting there so i think most of the organization get it wrong is because they provide a service or they provide a product to their end customer and then they forget it they think it's the uh, it's the frontline people working the service desk they need to manage the customer no i think the customer centricity needs to come from the senior management right from the ceo to say that you know they need to have that open conversation with them understand what's the need and also have that there are three dimension to it one is understanding the customer journey then understanding customer value and then also understanding customer experience. So I think those three definitely adds a better strategy to any organization. Absolutely. I think it's just while you're talking that it's made me think of years gone by when businesses have been more interested in getting new customers rather than yes, keeping existing customers happening. It's really flipped, hasn't it? It's it really things flip now, yeah, yeah, yeah because yeah. they're spending so much money getting a new customer as well as keep your old customer happy so that they're with you for longer. Even for a customer, I'll tell you, because there's no point implementing a product every three years because so much of time, money, resources spent, as well as if they're happy with the kind of, uh, you know, with the supplier, they would stay. In fact, uh, there was a recent study for uh, Forbes where they said 84% of customers would like to stay back with their old supplier if they get a good service. Yeah, get you know? a good deal. Yeah. yeah. If they're happy it's to stay good. back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, it's easy. It's often easier, isn't it? When you think it about is like, easy. as an individual, like home insurance, car insurance, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah, it is. Yeah. Well, isn't it? So that's like yeah. to move somewhere else and shop around. But you know that if you don't, you know, you, you are going to pay more than you probably need to. So exactly. It, it's yeah. nice that, that organizations are taking this, this kind of approach now. Mm. It's important as well, isn't it, to make sure that you're selecting a supplier then, I guess, if you are implementing new systems, that you're selecting a supplier that also has those same values as you. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I think the human touch always matters, isn't it? Yeah. We always go back to the supplier who treated you better, who had that kind of a human experience, you know, that kind of a human touch rather than just you have a call center answering your call or it going to a voicemail rather than a person talking to you, a friendly person on the other and trying to resolve your problem. So, yeah. Yeah, it's worth spending a little bit more sometimes, isn't it, for, for that better experience? Oh, yeah, definitely. Get through to somebody rather than being, you know, stuck on hold for twenty minutes each time you need somebody. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I was thinking more around the like the apprenticeship management software that we're putting in. Actually, our supplier choice was was predominantly well, not predominantly, but was um, you know their value system was also taken into account because yes, that, that then definitely comes through and comes through. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah. You would see that in every phase of it, isn't it? Not just in the before you sign the contract, they are very nice and things, but even once after you sign the contract, you want the same kind of experience throughout. So yes, yeah. Yeah. Well that's it's always a good sign, isn't it? If you've got, you know, if you've got a good relationship before you've you've actually yeah. made, you know, before they've made the sale, it's, yeah. it's a good yeah. thing. If, if you haven't, it's a really, you know, no go yeah. situation, isn't it? <laughs> We've all been in that situation, isn't it? Oh yeah, no, no, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's a challenge as well, isn't it, sometimes? Because I think when I think about the, the project that we're implementing at the moment, it's got a really sort of complex landscape because the customers are all very different. We have internal mentors, external mentors. We have um, we have Ofsted. We have ESFA. We have like a lot of different customers in the mix and they have very different perspectives and very different mm. needs. So being able to determine what's going to be the best and how can we roll this out successfully, taking into account all of their different needs has been probably the hardest part. It's harder than sort of defining some of the requirements sometimes. It's that the the yeah. management and, and the positioning, which I think you were talking about before around, you know, if you position it correctly and you mm-hmm. keep engaged and people know what's coming, then that can be have a very different feel to it for people involved. Than... Yes, definitely. Yeah, yeah. The prioritizing those requirements just to see what can be achieved now and what can be planned for the next future, you know, uh, phases where we can include them. Uh, and also having that communication to the customer to say that we have not forgotten about you. We have it on our roadmap and, you know, we'll definitely get that. I think that's that's very key. Yeah. And a bit of resilience in the mix as well, because you can't please all of the people all of the time, can you? No. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, especially when you're buying an off-the-shelf, like commercial off-the-shelf uh, product, because you know you've only, if you get best, you're probably going to get an 80% fit, aren't you? I mean, it's exactly, that reality, isn't it? So that means somebody probably is going to be a bit, you know, a bit put out because How, yeah, it doesn't yeah. do exactly what they want it to do. But that, that's the reality when you buy off the shelf, isn't it? You know, yeah, it's not tailored to you, is it? You can't customize much. No, true, true, definitely. And now that's the kind of trend where we're going because it's so difficult to have in-house team to develop something. So we always go buy a SaaS product. But then, you know, before you buy, it's kind of agreeing with the supplier to say where he wants to put us and understanding the roadmap because you always get the product thinking, okay, it works for now, but what about for the future? You know, things will change. The requirements will change or your user journey might change. So having that kind of initial thought uh, before just to make sure that, you know, this product's got room for improvement or it's got some room to kind of uh, include our requirements for future so that, you know, we are sticking with them for longer term rather than just a short. I think even for the supplier, you know, once they've got a big customer, so that's where they need to work. You know, once you finish off the product implementation, but you need to start thinking about the roadmap, how best you can enhance your product to meet to the customer's needs. Yeah. I think that's where the lot of gaps are. No, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's one of those things, isn't it? It's um, yeah, buying off the shelf can can be a bit tricky. But I don't know, how how do you think so, Kate, just going back to your point, how do you how, how do you manage those needs from different from different users? Have you, can you give us an example of something that's been maybe a bit a bit challenging, or, or has um, it been mostly plain sailing? Um. So maybe some good examples. I think 
like some of our biggest challenges are that we have um, some internal mentors, some external mentors, but they're all at different stages with our apprentices as well. Mm -hmm. So being able to manage it's those sort of different overlays of, okay, there's a migration overlay, so getting people onto the system, but then there's actually this person is this far through their apprenticeship, this person is this far through their apprenticeship. So they have different needs and we've had to try and sort of bring not just introduce a new system, but also then get them aligned to the con the new content that we want to be using as well. So it's sort of like it's making sure that those overlays meet at exactly the right point. And I yeah. wouldn't say we've always get it, get it got it right because you can't. You know, there's mm -hmm. in the mix sort of like annual leave and changes. You know, it, it's impossible to always get it right. I think, isn't it? And it's, I think some of those challenges have been actually about taking a step back and saying, okay, what's the best we can do in this situation? Oh, yes, yeah. Mm -hmm. it's, it's funny, isn't it? It quickly gets complex, doesn't it? Because, you know, we've got a fair-sized number of apprentices, but, you know, it's behind so many mentors. But I suppose we all, as mentors, we each do things differently as well within oh, yeah. that, don't we? So then, yeah, it's just, it's quickly becomes complex when you have those different tiers mm -hmm. um, on to different things. Yeah. So, yeah. I think... Okay, that's why the, maybe the usability might come uh, uh, helpful because you can understand how each users are using the system and where the gaps are. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much to add in, isn't there? There's sort of like, mm -hmm. yeah. Because yeah. each user will have, interact with the system in a different way because yeah. some might use one module, some might use, but just understanding the flow and how they kind of interact with the tool yeah. sometimes, yeah. Yeah, and to overcome that, um, on this project, we did, um, we used internal mentors, of which Lisa was one, um, <laughs> to test it and to <laughs> give a, right, you know, we've done our first iteration, let us know how it feels and what that looks like. Um, and then we did a pilot with just one apprentice to see how that would feel. And mm -hmm. then, so we're rolling out sort of iteratively so that we're sort of trying to manage those expectations and also those usability issues along the way so we're improving it every time um mm. being quite open i think that you know that it is an iterative delivery and, and we're the best we can and we're learning as we go yeah 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 true it's the best kind though isn't it because then you'll end up with a product that you want you know if you can keep making it better just just bit by bit it's it's going to be you've got to get there isn't it yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going well so far. I mean, just think about the um, my, sort of my experience um, of sort of moving my first apprentice onto it. And actually, before I did that, I didn't realise that I was quite um, not not stressed about it. But when when I put that first apprentice onto the system, and and I thought, oh, I've done it, I've done it right. I think I've done everything. I'd, I'd you know, I'd use my notes and everything that that you gave me. Um, and actually, it was a bit of a relief once I'd done that, and I didn't realise how. Not, not stress, but how much it was on my mind. It, it was a big relief once I'd done that first, put that first, pro, you know, that first part of the process on there. Um, and I think that's probably why we get a lot of resistance to change, isn't it? It's, it's oh, the fear yeah. of the unknown. You know, we've not used something before, or got a rough idea how it works. But until you've actually done it and got that first-hand experience, it, it can be a bit, a little bit scary, can't it? Oh, um, definitely. Mm. Have you ever come across any kind of like what resistance to change, Sushma? How do you? How do you oh, tend to all the that? time, please. I mean, I think no matter how much, what system you're implementing, I think people forget that's a human side to it. For example, you're such a great IT literate, and you kind of get stressed to kind of use a new system. Imagine people have not used, and that's yeah. uh, always that resistance from people, isn't it? Especially when it comes to technology, they're like, oh, it's something 
something a change. So kind of engaging with them right from throughout and explaining them, you know, this is coming and providing that kind of adequate training. I think most of the time what we tend to do is give them a user guide or a user manual and say, go ahead and do it. But that kind of stresses them. So I think it's a good idea to stay and make sure that they understand step by step. And especially what I've seen in the present world is people have so many accessibility issues as well. So we also need to focus one element to that as well to understand how they interact with the system, what kind of barriers might be there, not just using the system, it may be their disability, which is kind of preventing people from accessing the system. So how we can support them. So yeah, I think the training is key and engaging with them and giving them kind of extra support. So any new system implementation, we always think about the technology element, but I think more yeah. than technology, it's human element as well. You might have a brilliant system if people don't start to use them then and there's no good. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. Yeah, I'm thinking about as as being in in you know, sort of in IT for so many years. Yes, I'm probably guilty of that, you know, because you do tend to think about the sort of mechanics of rolling something out, you know, um, putting C data in the system, or you know, it's, it almost becomes a project plan. And you're right, you, you yeah, do sometimes yeah. focus. I mean, I'm absolutely guilty, but I'm sure most people are. Of uh, you know, just thinking yeah. about it in a sort of task based way. But actually, you're right. If you don't engage the human side of things, if you don't get people feeling comfortable. It's, it's not going to work as well, is it? No, no, no. I think that's where I think the usability sometimes understand. Maybe we've designed a brilliant system, but if something is stopping them from using the product, then it's not good. So understanding what is it stopping them and trying to fix that, I think that sometimes it's a really good idea. And we all have done that, to be honest, you know, because you're so busy. Any technical project is not simple because of the technical challenges, but uh, you're so busy resolving that. We, then we forget the end user who's going to use that. Yeah, that's it. And then they're also the ones that are left with it, whatever you give them. Yeah. It's interesting as BA, sort of, I was just thinking there, you know, actually, it's a really good point around how those different people are going to engage with the system. What might their barriers be? I was thinking, you know, a sort of a, as a tool, like Catwo might be a good thing to mm -hmm. identify somebody's worldview, their perspective on the change, um, and being able to understand, yeah, what might present for them, what might prevent them from. From, um, from using that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The really holistic approach, yeah, I like that. Oh, definitely. The first thing that comes to mind, uh, not necessarily customer-centric, but any change to me is that, um, in terms of models, is the other server curve, do you remember oh, the server yeah. curve? Where you've got sort of like an axis of, you've got um, state of mind, I think, with, uh, sort yeah. of the y-axis, and, and time across the bottom, and you've got shock, anger, rejection. Sure acceptance and hope and it just shows that sort of typical cycle of how people feel when a new change is, is introduced and um, which I, th I think yeah it's sort of something to bear in mind isn't it how about you Sushma have you got any strategies or standards um, sort of models that you use when you're doing this kind of thing Oh, especially I think the change management element for that is anything, you know, yeah, that's a, uh, the change curve is a very natural human psychology, what people kind of go through. So I think that's where when the people kind of get that shock or the, uh, that kind of rejection to say, I'm not taking this change. I think it's a good idea to get the senior management involved. So they send out the comms or they communicate to the end users to say, we're bringing this change. So that if it, rather than coming from a project, it's always a good idea coming from a senior manager and explaining them why we're doing this change. I think the kind of, you know, honest conversation to say, sometimes it's a strategy, sometimes it's a cost cutting, or sometimes this is the way the kind of organization is going or technology where it's heading. So having that clear picture why we're doing this change. And then you can have start to identify some of the change managers or the change champions to work with you so that you can 
you know, bring out that change and also they can go, go back and communicate to their team to say why we're doing this. I think uh, one thing what I've realized is any project management lifecycle, you get the BA in the beginning, do the requirements, get the product, do the configuration, then they kind of, oh, that BA work is done, it's the project management. No, I think the BA needs to be involved throughout. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I that's think that's very key. I think most of the organization are now understanding or seeing the benefit of having a BN or project rather than just the project managers, you know, so that yeah. they can deliver better because they would have understood the whole concept much more better rather than, you know, uh, just managing a project, that point of view. And most of the time, what I've seen is we get a new product, but we always try and see whether we the product works to the same workflow. But maybe it's a good opportunity for us to step back and see, you know, whether we can improve the workflow before we implement a product, because it's a good opportunity yeah. sometimes, yeah. you know. Well, yeah. that, it may as well review. Yeah, yeah. I think fun. one example when I was working for a law enforcement organization. We had this ERP system. Uh, it was out of dated one, so we had to implement new thing. But it was funny. People were thinking, let's uh, configure the tool to the standard what we had before. But we had shortage of people managing the tool. And um, because people were doing manual intervention of adding data, so there's no point of implementing new tool if people are spending time using the spreadsheet or not use utilizing the tool to the hundred percent, you know. So maybe a good opportunity to step back and say we also need to re review review our process and revise our process so that the new tool make a maximum benefit to the end users. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I mean, we could talk about this all day. It's such a fantastic oh, yeah. topic. Um, but just that it's time time sticking on. But Kate, have you got any sort of takeaways or any tips for people in sort of this change space? I think um, I think just what you were talking about there, Sushma, about um, that message coming down from the top. I think there was something in there that just sprung to mind around authenticity and really believing in the change and not just a message from somebody because it ticks a box. But yes authentic messages is a real I hear what you're saying I hear why this might be difficult to accept um mm. so that was just something that actually triggered something in my mind to think about um no and I think it's it's just a great reminder this conversation's just been a great reminder about you know at the heart of everything it's people at the heart yeah. of projects it's people and so going back and understanding their perspectives and spending the time taking that extra time to take people through things particularly on the project we're currently implementing is actually really valuable so oh, I'm yes yeah. have a little think about that I think yeah. so thank you thanks Kate how about yourself Swishma? have you got any, uh, any tips or techniques that you could uh, give us as a takeaway but I think the strategy is very important for any organization where they're heading if they want to be, you know, uh, more customer focused or the, uh, bringing people into this change. So you need to have right from the drop down to the low bottom. So you need want to chief executive to kind of get involved in it, be honest, having the conversation to say why we're doing, what's our strategy. I think most of the time strategy is just driven on the paper and written and somewhere locked down in the locker. So rather than that, I think everybody needs to understand where we're heading, what's the strategy is all about. And also understanding and bringing human element to it you know end of the day it's the people who are going to use your product it's real people so engaging with them throughout and explaining them the change and making them they be part of that change yeah no it's a great reminder no thank you both that's been great uh, thank you for watching and if you have any ideas for future podcasts please let us know at babrew at thank you